This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 418. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. And a big welcome to to any first-time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, PlayStation 5 has been announced and pre-sales sold out in minutes No new iPhone, but we do have new Apple Watches and iPads. And this week's celebrity tech interview is with Channel 9 and 2GB sports presenter, Erin Molan. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2. We go hands-on with the 8th generation iPad, and we'll also take you through the new features of the GoPro Hero 9 Black, and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, if you got up at three o'clock in the morning last Wednesday, like I did, to follow the Apple event, and if you were hoping for new iPhones, you were very sadly mistaken, and you did get up for nothing. Uh, I kind of knew, we did pick it, that Apple weren't going to announce any new iPhones. They were going to keep the powder dry for another month. We're going to probably see another event in three to four weeks announcing the new iPhone 12, which will have 5G. But this time out, it was all about Apple Watch and an iPad. And in fact, Tim Cook, at the very start of the presentation, made that very clear that they were focusing on the two those two products. So he quickly dispelled any notion that there would be a new iPhone right off the bat. But what we did get, though, we did get some new Apple Watches and a couple of new iPads as well. Let's talk about the Apple Watch Series 6. First of all, this is a look looks the same as the other designs, the previous models. What we got though are new colours. There's now a product red and and even a new blue uh, Apple Watch as well. We've also got new bands, so the bands that actually are, are more stretchy bands. There's no clip or Velcro or any kind of uh, uh, attachment to to clip them into place. So that that's a new addition as well. They also introduced a new, more affordable Apple Watch SE, and now that, that it still includes all the important features from your Apple Watch. Basically, it's an Apple Watch Series Five, which uh, it doesn't have the, but but not with the the uh, always on display. So it's still got things like fall detection, fitness tracking, cellular connectivity, and all of those. Apple Watch Series Six, the hero feature would be its blood oxygen health sensor which is obtained using four photodiodes on the back crystal 
of the Apple Watch. So what this does, it measures light reflected back from your blood. Now, the device then uses an algorithm in the Blood Oxygen app to provide a measurement between 70 and 100%, which reflects how well your circulation and overall respiratory and blood health actually is. Now, this isn't a diagnostic tool. So there is a, there is a feature called the ECG, the electrocardiogram, on the Apple Watch that is yet to be approved in Australia. That's because it's a it's classed as a medical device, does need approval. I think it's only just been approved in the US. So that requires approval because it does sort of give you a diagnosis of, of your heart condition. But this blood oxygen sensor, that's basically like reading your heart rate. It's just looking at something that's there and just giving you a reading. It's not saying giving you any kind of diagnosis. So that's the difference there. Uh, the Apple Watch is already on sale. You can already buy it. There's some new watch faces as well. Uh, and of course, it's running Watch OS 7. Uh, so that's the brand new software that even if you've got an existing Apple Watch, you can also update to that as well. So you can get that new uh, Apple Watch feeling if you're not going to get a new Apple Watch. The Apple Watch Series 6 is also powered by a new dual-core S6 chip, which is up to 20% faster than last year's model and still maintaining an 18-hour battery life. So that's uh, very important there. Always uh, on retina display is now more than twice as bright too. Than the, uh, than the Series 5. So that's another big tick, another big improvement. Um, and yeah, so Apple Watch Series 6 is now available, as I said, in product red, blue, along with the regular colours, silver, space grey, and gold aluminium options as well. Stainless steel colours now include graphite and classic yellow gold. Apple Watch Edition is also available in natural and space black titanium. So if you want to go all out, you can do that, and I mentioned new watch faces with new complications. In the US, there'll be a new thing called family setup. Now, this is has to this has to go through telcos to allow this uh, in Australia. Now, basically, what it means is that you can, as a family, have more than one uh, Apple Watch running from a single account. So, basically, it'd be say it's me and my kids, and I give all of my three kids an Apple Watch. I can register it through my account. So my Apple ID, and they can have their own numbers for the watch. It won't necessarily be the same number as their existing phone. So interesting to see how that's going to progress here. Uh, and uh, it, it is in, it'll be months away before you even see this in Australia, but an interesting concept, the family setup. Uh, another new feature that's going to be powered through Apple Watch is going to be Fitness Plus. Now, this has been described as like Apple Music for workouts, where you can you get a new workout, different workout types, different workout lengths, so you can select them by duration, whether you're a beginner, whether you're, you're advanced, new workouts added every week. And what happens, you can view these workouts through through your iPhone, your iPad, or on your Apple TV. And what it does, you'll see on the screen your Apple Watch metrics. So your heart rate, your uh, the timers, everything that you need is, is going to be displayed up on the screen so you don't need to look down at your wrist. Your wrist is there. The watch is on your wrist just taking and gathering this data. Uh, so expect that to uh, be available soon. Uh, Apple also announced Apple One which is this all-in-one, an all-encompassing plan for customers to get Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, Apple News, Apple Fitness Plus, and iCloud 
all in the same account. So the same plan, the same subscription. So there's an individual account, which is 20 bucks a month, Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, and 50 gig of cloud iCloud storage. Family moves up to $25.95, has the same, same inclusions, Apple Music, TV, Arcade, 200 gig of iCloud storage. And then there's the Premier, which is a $39.95 a month, that gives you everything, Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, Apple News, Apple Fitness Plus, and two terabytes of iCloud storage. That's $39.95 per month and can be shared with up to six family members. Some good value there if you are if you have a few members of the household with, with music accounts, TV accounts. Uh, that's a great way to wrap it all up. Uh, now, moving on to the iPad. The iPad had... Uh, there were two iPads announced, as a matter of fact, the iPad Air, which was the star of the show, and also the 8th generation iPad. I'm going to talk about the 8th generation iPad in the reviews. I've actually got it already, and I will, I've will i had a hands-on, so I'm going to save that for the reviews. So stick around later in the show. I'll be talking about the new entry-level iPad, the 8th generation. But for now, the iPad Air is a terrific improvement over the current model. The current model had a home button. This now it has gone buttonless. So there's buttons at the top, but no home button. An all-screen design, similar to the iPad Pro. And I describe iPad Air as sitting in between the iPad and the iPad Pro. So uh, it, it's it's not as expensive as the iPad Pro, and it's obviously more expensive than the entry-level iPad. So it's for that mid-user mid who wants a little bit more grunt than an entry-level iPad but doesn't want to go all out, doesn't want the big screen sizes and, and, and pricing of the, uh, of the iPad Pro. Uh, so it does deliver a 10.9-inch liquid retina display. Touch ID fingerprint is built into the top power button. Doesn't have Face ID like the iPad Pro, but has the Touch ID fingerprint sensor. It's not going to go on sale until October. And again, new range of colours. So there's your regulars, silver, space grey and rose gold. But the iPad Air is also going to be available in green and sky blue. I quite like the green one, actually. I don't mind that. I'll take what I'm given. Even the sky blue one looks pretty cool. And as you can imagine, blue, there's a new Apple Watch blue as well. So hello, there might be some people trying to match that up. Uh, iPad Air has an, the A14 Bionic chip. So it's got the latest silicon on board. 40% faster CPU performance than last year's model. Can power things like 4K video editing, superior multitasking, the advanced games... It's got everything. It's uh, the uh, for, with that A14 Bionic chip. Obviously, not quite as good as iPad Pro, but uh, this is uh, no slouch in its uh, its capabilities here. Uh, it also has a USB-C port now. No lightning. Just like the iPad Pro, you can connect a camera, an external monitor, external storage, but external storage, and I may have discussed this on an earlier episode, if you connect an external storage to an iPad uh, or an iPad, iPad Air and iPad Pro with USB-C, the drive will come up on, on, the, on, the, on your system there, but you'll be able to see what's on board that drive or whatever you've connected but you can't play that content from the drive. What you need to do is drag it across to the iPad and play it on the iPad. Now, the reason for that is because Apple wants you to buy their storage, not additional storage. So in, in the case of the external hard drive, if you could play the file off the hard drive, why bother getting the 256 gig iPad, get the lowest possible memory, and just connect an external hard drive. But no, Apple have got a safeguard against that 
where you can't actually, you need to drag and drop onto the iPad to view the content. So if you've got a movie, for example, on an external hard drive or a USB-C thumb drive and press play on that movie, it won't work because it needs to be on the iPad to play. That's just Apple's way of saying, buy our memory and no one else's. So you're locked into their memory setup. They're just protecting the the range there. My idea would be have one iPad with one memory capability and then let people connect an I, connect their memory. Make it 64 or 128, like put a decent amount in there, but then let everyone go nuts. Even sell them a drive. Sell them a drive that matches the colour of the iPad. Anyway, just a suggestion. Uh, that's that's one little thing you've got to know about uh, Apple and their memory play there. They want you to buy their memory. So uh, that, that's how that works. Now let's talk about pricing. Uh, Apple Watch Series 6. They, they, these go on sale. They're already on sale, and the uh, Series 6 start at $599 for the GPS, $749 for the GPS Parcellia. They're starting at those prices. And the Apple Watch SE is $429 for the GPS, starting at, and $499 for the GPS Plus Cellular. So that's, that's not bad value there either. And same screen sizes as the Apple Watch Series 6 and Apple Watch SE also available now. Uh, now let's talk about iPad pricing. The iPad Air which is the the new all screen design, new colors, you name it. That's that, that's eight ninety nine for the Wi Fi sixty four gig, a thousand and ninety nine for Wi Fi plus cellular sixty four gig. Then you jump up to eleven hundred and twenty nine for Wi Fi with two fifty six gig memory, and then thirteen twenty nine for Wi Fi and cellular plus two fifty six gig of memory. Now the eighth generation iPad starts at four hundred and ninety nine bucks, but I'll tell you more about the pricing when I talk about it later on in the reviews. But that's it for the Apple Watch announcements, Apple the iPad announcements from the Apple event. Uh, if you want to read more about those products, check it out at techguide.com. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, the other big announcement we had late last week was all around PlayStation 5. And the announcement is November 12, PlayStation 5 goes on sale. It's going to be priced at $749.95. And funny coincidence, that's the same price as the Xbox Series X. Funny that. There's also a PlayStation 5 Digital Edition, which goes on sale on the same day, but it's going to be $599.95, which is, I think, $100 more expensive than the Xbox Series S. Uh, and so that is like the Series S, a digital-only edition, so no slot for the discs. The PlayStation 5, the 749 main PlayStation 5, has a slot for a 4K disc, so you can play your 4K movies and also put your game discs in there. It's going to be available November 12, and in Australia is going to be uh, among the other countries, US, Japan, Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, and South Korea. They are the countries, and Australia, that will get PlayStation 5 on November 12. The rest of the world has to wait until November 19. But speaking of waiting, we are going to be waiting for this if you haven't got in on your pre-orders. Now, the pre-orders were announced minutes uh, minutes after this official announcement. So JB, EB Games, everyone jumped in with their pre-orders online, and it went nuts. 
after 10 minutes, I think minutes went by and every allocated pre, pre-sale was gone. No more. No more pre-sales. No more pre-orders. Now, originally PlayStation 5 was, was slated for holidays 2020. Now, I'm going to put my speculator hat on here, and I think with the announcement of Xbox Series X on November 10, this, I think, put a little bit of a blowtorch underneath Sony, and my, again, my speculator hat on here, I think that they brought, they had to bring the launch date forward. I I thought that they were probably aiming for more a late November to early December release date, hoping, of course, to get in ahead of Christmas, so I think with this early announcement, I think that's going to put a bit of a that has put a bit of a strain on supply. And look, I hope I hope this is alright because if my theory is correct, again, speculator hat, that Sony this, their pre-orders have for the moment all all gone. And now they're what they're saying, what the word is that if you haven't got in on that initial pre-order, you're going to be waiting until 2021 before you get your hands on a console. But here's what I'm hoping will happen, that Sony's production will catch up with this earlier-than-expected launch date and that by December there will be a whole bunch of stock dropping in time for Christmas. Let's hope that I'm right. Uh, I hope that you guys who missed out on the pre-orders, there's a lot of you, I know you've all contacted me, and I hope you guys who missed out on the pre-order will be able to play the PlayStation 5 before Christmas. Let's hope. But let's talk about the processor. The uh, the PlayStation 5 has a custom CPU and GPU and a new solid-state drive, an SSD drive. It's also got an integrated input-output for faster loading time. So users will be able to maximise their sessions because you're going to get near-instant load times. So how good's that? I hate waiting for games to load. I'm sure you're with me. You don't want to be waiting around for your game to load. We're now... That's a thing of the past with the PlayStation 5, so that's all thanks to the SSD on board. Now, there's also some new technology. There's one new technology that I like called ray tracing, and we're not we're not following people named Ray. We are. This means that it simulates each ray of light individually to create these amazing true-to-life shadows and reflections that are supported in the PlayStation 5 games. PS5 also includes a 4K player for your games and your movies, supports up to 120 frames per second with 120 hertz output. Great. That's really good news. So you'll see very a nice, smooth and fluid high frame rate gameplay. It's also HDR compatible. That's the PlayStation 4 was as well. High dynamic range. So if you've got a 4K TV, then you're going to see some magic, some very lifelike colours and very vibrant, real lifelike colours. You can also plan on, if you're upgrading to an 8K TV, if you're travelling okay and you can afford an 8K TV, then the PlayStation 5 has also got you back here with support for, let's all say it all together, 8K output. So, geez, that's a great excuse to buy an 8K TV. I'm going to give that a try in my household. I don't know how good, don't know how successful I'm going to be, but... Honey, we've got to buy an AK TV. PlayStation 5 supports it. Let's do it. Support up to 4320p 4, resolution. That's 8K in case you're wondering. Uh, also, the DualSense wireless touch controller has been totally redesigned with new adaptive triggers that allow users to feel the tension of their actions. Best example is if you're drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. Imagine that. Sony wants you to feel like this controller is an extension of yourself. I want to feel that too. 
hopefully before Christmas. Hopefully more stock will arrive. PlayStation 5, November 12. If you're lucky enough to get it on that day, we hate you. No, we don't. We, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, there's a whole slew of new games that are going to drop as well for to support the new console, including Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, The Horizon Forbidden West, a new Ratchet & Clank game, of course, Gran Turismo 7, Wow, that's going to look amazing. Returnal, Sackboy, a big adventure. A new a game called Death Loop. There's Godfall, as well as NBA 2K21 and EA Sports FIFA 21. Imagine how real they're going to look. It's going to look amazing. Anyway, PlayStation 5 coming November 12, 749.95. Digital edition, 599 If you want to read more about those products, Check it out. The console looks amazing. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, it's time for our celebrity tech segment, and we are joined by the lovely Erin Molan. She's a sports presenter for Channel 9 and on 2GB, part of the Continuous Call team. She's terrific at her job. She, she's a great host, knows her sport back to front, but Erin is also an ambassador for several charities. She's very vocal on, about social media, cyberbullying. Uh, in fact, in, in our chat, she's, she's quite passionate about how strongly she feels about what should be done to the cyber bullies and the effects they're having on other people. She talks about the technology that she uses in studio, at the game, at 2GB, in her personal life as well. She's got a young daughter as well, so she's a mum. How how technology is she's used for her and her child and generally how she uses it in her life. We joined her for a great chat and here's what she had to say. Hey Erin, thank you for joining us on the Tech Guide podcast. We're talking about technology and how it's used in your life. So you're part of our celebrity tech segment. Now, if oh, you very have, exciting. If you were to give yourself a rating one to ten on how tech you were, how tech savvy you were, what would that score be? Do you think? Oh, that's a really hard opening question because <laughs> maybe my standards are really low, and I think I'm really savvy, but I'm probably not. So, look, I might go. Maybe, a, I mean, I use technology all the time, but whether or not I'm that good at it, maybe like a six okay, <laughs> or well, a that's seven. pretty good. Although I see you on your social media with, you know, I, I notice you do a lot of prep. You've got a MacBook, a MacBook doing your prep, and I see you all sharing a lot of stuff on social media. So you, you seem a bit savvy to me. So Yeah, it, I, I use it a lot. And, but, you know, for example, my partner gave me the iPod. Um, I what are they called? The ear things AirPods, that go in your AirPods, ear. AirPods, AirPods, yes. that one. And I still haven't connected them, and it's been a couple of weeks. So that's my next job. But I mean, I use it all the time. So I guess I, I'm fairly savvy in the stuff that I use. But often I will come across something or, or think, my gosh, there's got to be an easier way, and there is. I just don't know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So. Up and down. Okay. Well, let's do. Look, you're you're a busy you're a busy woman. You're you're a mum. You you work hard on on the radio and on TV. So let's talk sort of your on the sort of professional side of your life. With uh, your TV work, uh, you're surrounded by technology, there, aren't you? So you you got a you got a earpiece in talking. Is there a producer in your ear? You got all kinds of microphones on around you. So to explain what what you've got to deal with when you're doing the news and when you're doing the footy show and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's um, it's exactly as you described it. You, you have an earpiece, you've got a microphone, you've got about four or five different packs strapped to the back of you uh, before you go on air. And then obviously, before even getting to that stage, I'm doing a heap of prep. I used to be a very traditional kind of handwriter. But 
when I broke my arm about nearly a year ago, actually, now I broke my shoulder off the arm entirely and oh. had a fair few weeks in hospital. It was pretty brutal. And I then had to kind of start when I, when I returned to work, had to start typing up. And now I find it clearly so much easier. So now I type up all of my notes. But I'll generally do all of that. I'll email, of course, use email to send my notes yep. to producers to print out for me and to kind of get ready and to check that it fits in with, with their idea of how they want the show to go and that kind of thing. So this is safe for Friday night footy. Then I'll come in. So for today, example, I, I'm at my computer now in my dressing room doing a few different emails before I headed to hair and makeup. Okay. Then I'll get dressed and then, yeah, then I'll get all mic'd up. So there's, it's, there's a lot happening. And if, if it's for news, for example, you know, you've got five or six different cameras in there that you get told which one to look at it. And sometimes it might be three or four within the one story. If there's a fair bit of movement, you'll have a director there pointing to you. You'll also have the earpiece in your ear, so you'll have a, a director that might be counting down, say, three, two, yeah. one to the end of a, a cross you're doing. And then you might have a producer in your ear saying, at the same time, don't do a long throw back to Georgie because we're running out of time. Uh-huh. It's fairly intense. There's always a million different things happening at this. It's a juggle, but I tell you what, it'd be a lot harder without technology. Absolutely, and I suppose when you're at the game as well, that's a, you, you've just taken everything in the studio and then brought it out to the game, haven't you? It's the same sort of setup there, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, for news, you get auto cue for any of the other shows I do, like Sunday footy show, Friday night footy, the Friday night knockoff, there's no auto cue at all. So that takes one element out of it, which I actually prefer, to be honest. I mean, yeah. it's, it helps to have an auto cue when it's news because you've got to be quite succinct in, in what you deliver and how you deliver it, but... But the other stuff, yeah, I mean, being in the middle of a football field, particularly for a state of origin broadcaster, a grand final, that kind of thing with the noise, it won't be the same this year, <laughs> sadly. Have you but ha- generally with the packed 80,000, it, it's, you know, they've yeah. got special earpieces actually that are molded. So they block out the other noise from the stadium, but also enable you to then still hear directions in your ear and that kind of ah, thing. So, yeah, it's excellent. certainly a ballad. Have you ever had a time when the text let you down? Have you, like, the audio oh, cue's broken or... Absolutely, well, absolutely. What do you, you just got to wing it then, I suppose, do you? Yeah, it, it's a great lesson in doing prep, and I guess that's always been my mantra in everything that I do professionally. It's to just do a whole heap of prep, you know, yeah. 99% of which I will never use. Yep. But it just means that if something goes wrong or if someone live on air asks me a question or if the auto cue goes down, then I am prepared and ready to go. And it's happened in news a few times. We've done a, a switch from an old system onto a new system yeah. over, say, the past two years or so. And there was a period there of three or four months where the auto cue was going down all the time. Oh. So you essentially just had to know your stuff back to front. And if it went, you just had to ad lib and hope that you delivered something along the lines of, <laughs> of what you were supposed to. And, you know, But, yeah, I mean, I've fallen off my chair in the new studio and sworn <laughs> – <laughs> so I wish technology had broken then and no one had heard me, but unfortunately not the case. But I think, you know, it, it, people are very understanding. Technology is brilliant, but we also know that it's not always reliable like anything in this world. So Absolutely, I think people yes. quite enjoy seeing people are grew up because of technology sometimes. You're also on the radio as well. So you're, uh, you're on, on the continuous call team. How's that feel being uh, the only woman in a man's bunch there? I'm fairly used to it now, Steve, after, you know, a fair few years working in rugby league at Channel 9. It's very different now to when I first started just over a decade ago, actually, which makes me feel very, very old. But <laughs> I've always, I've covered sport for 16 or 17 years now. I've, I've worked, you know, for the Governor General in, in a speech writing department, which was predominantly male. A lot of what I've done, you know, has been predominantly male and they're my best mates. So I'm very, very lucky. It's a lot of fun. And it feels like yeah. you're just having a weekend catch up with your <laughs> friends. So it's actually, I, I can't believe it's work. <laughs> I'm and very it, lucky. And I know that you and Nat Peters sometimes do the summer show, which I've actually been on. I've done the tech for that show in the summertime. Do you enjoy that as well? Absolutely. You do a cracking job too, my friend. And I'm not just <laughs> saying that. I promise you that. But yeah, absolutely. I, I love covering 
a heap of different things, not just sport, but news and, and talk back. And we were really blessed, I guess, is one way. It sounds strange when you use the word blessed when you're talking about the bushfires yeah. and, you know, the horrific time that Australia went through just over the last summer. But to be on air and to cover that was just incredible as a journalist and to be hearing harrowing calls from people in the midst of it was just, you know, yeah. quite confronting, but also that's why you do what I do, which is you Absolutely. want to tell people stories and you want to give people news immediately that they need. And yeah, it's great fun. I love radio as a medium and don't have to do my hair or makeup as well. So that's an added <laughs> bonus. <laughs> that's an added bonus. Well, let, let's talk about your sort of the personal side of your life now. And you're, you're a mum. How, how, how old is your daughter now? She's just over two, so wow. two and a couple of months. So it's going way too quickly, which is awful. I hope I don't have a baby anymore. I've got a little girl. Yes, you do. And is she? I bet she knows her way around the iPad. Mate, it is next level how clever she is. I mean, of course, she has no screen time. She's only two. <laughs> wink, wink. No, she she's amazing. It really is. You know, she might have kind of half an hour a day where we'll put a video on, usually towards the end of the day, she might have a bottle before she goes down and she'll watch a little cartoon. Yep. And I tell you what, it only, it's, it's serious, I don't know when it happened, but maybe a couple of months ago, she, she now starts to um, minimise the screen, press play, choose a new video. <laughs> I'm just wow. sitting there going, how the hell do you do that? They just emulate absolutely everything. They're so clever. She loves FaceTime, of course. We've been through a pretty rough patch over the last, eight to nine months with COVID and no yeah. family's been able to come and visit. We've got no family here in Sydney. So she loves the FaceTime with, you know, the grandparents and aunties and uncles and all that kind of thing. And she's a pro on that as well, just holds it herself and just goes for God. Not always at her most flattering <laughs> angle, but yeah. I'm sure she'll improve if she gets older. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I guess uh, you are you sort of mindful that you want to sort of teach her good habits with her when it comes to tech, not, not spending too much time looking at a screen and, Sort of growing oh, up, appreciating people around her, talking to people and things like that. I remember telling my oh, kids, talk to people. Yeah. We're going to go see your grandparents. Don't be on your phone. Talk, yeah, talk to people. absolutely. And look, we, you know, even just going out to restaurants and going out to cafes, I'm still yet to take an iPad or a phone and, and play it for, for her while we sit down. I think she's got to learn a bit of patience. And even if she's not having a ball, but sometimes you just got to sit there and <laughs> do as yeah. you're told and that kind of thing. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, she spends the majority of her time at playing in play glass playgrounds, riding her bike, yeah. uh, going for walks, playing, you know, we play with dolls and the whole shebang trucks at the moment. She's obsessed with trucks and right? excavators, <laughs> which is just bizarre. I have no idea future, why. Future tradie, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, she'll make a monster then. Good for her. But yeah, absolutely. Look, I think it's really important not to be on there all the time. And I'm really conscious of someone who, you know, I work about four or five different jobs and all of them I, I do essentially from my phone or from my iPad. Yeah. And even I'm really conscious. I'll, I'll work when she's napping or when she's asleep. But apart from that, I never want to be sitting there on my phone when she's with me and, and wants to play and, and do stuff like that. So yeah. I'm really conscious of that side That's of it great. as well. Well, let, let's talk about social media. I know that you're, you're very visible on social media and you've got a lot of followers and you, you do share a lot. And I, I do enjoy your, your posts that you share. How, how is that? Do you see that as sort of a, just a something that you have to do to sort of to engage with fans and with the, your audience? Or is, do you see that as more a pleasure or is that sort of part of your job now? Oh, it's a good question. I guess, look, it's definitely a part of my job and I use it for work more than anything else. In fact, predominantly for work and even... You know, you might find one or two photos of Eliza where you can see her face. Apart from that, she doesn't feature at all unless it's, you know, shots of the back of her head walking. I'm yeah. really conscious <laughs> of not posting her all over social media. She can sure. make those decisions when she's a bit older unless she looks really, really cute in something. And then I, I think, that's fine. She won't mind if I post that. Yeah, but sure. it, it's a great work tool and it's, it's something that, it, I mean, there's a negative side to it. And I've 
you know, been very vocal yes, about well, that. I wanted, I wanted to uh, ask you about that. Yeah, I, I do yeah, know you so are I'll quite vocal that. about that. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'll touch on that in a moment. But, yeah. yeah, look, I think it's great for people to be able to have a direct way to look at you and to see different sides of you that they might not just see on television. And I use it. I've got a, a new baby clothes business that I, I do, baby yeah. clothes wear, and I use it for that, and it's been an incredibly effective tool for that. It's been fantastic. I, I'm an ambassador for a lot of charities yep. as well, and I use it a lot for that kind of work and to promote what I'm doing on Channel 9 and on radio a lot as well. I'll often post things and say, well, coming up tonight we've got this, special guest on Friday Night Footy or on the Sunday Footy Show, we've got this special feature. So it's a great way to integrate what I'm doing in a professional sense on television and use social media as a way to advertise what's coming up. Yeah, you're very good at it. I'm I'm a fan. Oh, bless you. Yeah, you're very good at it. Just on your – so you're a bit of an entrepreneur now. You mentioned you've you've come up with this new baby line of clothing. Um, Was that – that's that's a pretty big achievement in itself there – Oh, thank you. And look, it's I'm not a fashionista on any level and I, I've got a lot of jobs that keep me very busy, but it's, it's not even really a, a baby clothing label. It's essentially just singlets and bodysuits that yep. are easy access. And we really struggled when Eliza was born to put singlets on her and, and having to go over her head and bend her bloody arms back like yes. you were going to dislocate them. And I just thought there's got to be an easier way and looked online. There was nothing anywhere at all that existed. So I reached out to a whole heap of other parents who all had the exact same frustration that we were having. Yeah. So I thought, well, there might be something in here. There's no solution. A lot of people have a problem with it. So design yes. them, got a patent on on the different designs as well, which, you know, costs a fair bit, but you got to do it properly. And we launched a couple of months ago, a bit under a couple of months ago, and it's just been fantastic. The feedback's been incredible. We're essentially just online at this stage. We're in talks with a lot of different stockers, which is fantastic. There's a lot of interest. And, yeah, I'm just – I'm genuinely just really enjoying it. It's, it's, you know, getting the website made up as well at the moment and all the different things that you can do. It's been great fun. Give it a plug. What's the the, uh, website going to be called? So it's called byerin.com.au, byerin.com.au, so really cryptic. (laughs) Fantastic. And like, like a true entrepreneur, though, you've solved a problem. That, that's yes, what well. all these the entrepreneurs do, and you've done it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I hope so. And I hope that, you know, we've, we've had so many babies that are sick in hospital on oxygen and tubes whose parents just wax lyrical about how amazing they are and how much easier they are to use. So, yeah. you know, what if it doesn't go anywhere from here and that's it, then I'm sure. satisfied with that because, it's yeah, it's really rewarding, actually. It really is. Brilliant. Now, we did touch on earlier about you being quite vocal about uh, trolling and, and just the negative side of social media. Like, what's... Obviously, this is you've been affected by this, which is why you're so vocal, I guess. So, to tell us, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, and first of all, this this is not about stopping people from trolling me or from being critical of me. I'm I'm very what's the word that you use? Thick-skinned. I've been exposed to this thick skinned Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I've been exposed to this stuff for over a decade now, and there would be you'd be hard pushed finding something that would hurt or offend me at this stage. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't fight for other people because some of the stuff that goes on online now is absolutely vile and this is not about people not being able to write that they don't like someone or not even about Mm. stopping people writing nasty things. You go for gold. If that's the kind of person you want to be, you go for gold. It's about when people cross the line to, to, you know, to to threaten, to intimidate, to harass, where at the moment there's no legislation that protects people online and I just think until we hold people online accountable for what they write, this will just continue to be a massive issue. Suicide in this country is the number one killer of people between 14 and 44 years old, and a lot of that has to do with with issues online and abuse online and bullying online. And all I want is for legislation that exists in the real world to reflect legislation that needs to exist in the online world. You look at domestic violence, emotional abuse and verbal abuse are against the law. They are in the Criminal Act. 
you can go to jail for committing those offences because we all know how damaging they can be. Yeah. Yet you can go online and emotionally and verbally, you know, use words to abuse someone and you just get off scot-free. It just uh, yeah. doesn't make sense. There's no longer a difference between online and offline. Our lives yeah. transition seamlessly between the two millions of times a day. Now, there's no choice. Even if you're not on social media, and this is the thing people often say, get off social media. Anthony Seabold, the Broncos coach, was not on social media. Yes. He still almost had his personal life ruined by rumours that were circulated on social media. This affects everyone, yeah. not just people on social media. So Can I'm really passionate believe, about yeah. this. I went and saw the Prime Minister of Australia, and he was you I know, really, that, really yeah. good about this. And yep. really, he, he said he's got daughters himself, and he's really passionate about this as well. So hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, we see some change. Well, look, that's sort of kind of what it comes down to. It's good that you mentioned, you, you, and obviously your, your dad is in politics too, it's good that yes. you mentioned that because there needs to be some sort of change at that level. I think the technology is moving too fast for the law and for politics here. That is exactly and right. I think exactly that right. you've you got a young daughter. I've got kids. They're a bit older than yours, but even ScoMo's got young kids as well. What sort of world are they going to grow up in? That's kind of what I think about social. What, what online world are they going to see in 10 years? Is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? Well, is it, well I hope it's going to get better and it needs to or else we, uh, we have a serious problem on our hands, a really genuinely serious problem and not just with and on, you know, with body image, with there are a million issues that are exasperated by what happens in the online world. I went and visited a ten-year-old girl a couple of weeks ago. A lady reached out to me after I, I went and saw the prime minister and told me about her story. I went to visit her at her home, and she's got cancer. Ten years old, she gets teased and bullied online for not having hair. Oh and there are bullies at her school that do this. There are no consequences for them. It is just, it, yeah. it just is terrifying to me. We need to change the entire narrative around this and stop focusing. On just ignore it. Don't let it get to you. Don't take it yeah. to heart. That Easy is for them to say. BS. Easy, Easy for them, for them to, say. to say. BS. Yeah. Why are we not? Why are we not targeting the bullies and saying, "Hey, you're going to go to juvenile detention. Absolutely. You're going to get offline. You lose your phone, your computer. The police are going to come next time. You, you know, we, we've got yeah. to get tough on bullies. I'd agree. And on you. people, on yeah. perpetrators, or else this will never stop. I don't care if they're 14 years old. Yeah. If they're sending things to a little girl that makes her want to kill herself, then we need to come down hard on them. Criminal, not focus yeah. on trying to get the little girl to to not you know, take it to heart. So 100%. I just think from a, from young kids to adults, for my daughter, for your your kids, yep. for everyone out there, this is a huge issue. I agree, totally. Uh, let's change gears a bit though, Erin. Sort of let's talk about more your sort of personal use of uh, of technology. Are you an iPhone user, iPhone, Android? What are iPhone, you? yes, absolutely. And I'm an iPhone. I think it's a, I only got a new one recently because I Ooh. put the other one on top of the car and backed out, put Eliza <laughs> in, and then backed out over the top of it, which wasn't Would ideal. Would you class yourself as a bit clumsy? Have you dropped many phones? You've broken uh, phones? Or how, how's <laughs> your record? What's your record? I'm, look, I just have a million things going on. Look, oh, my record's horrendous. I've dropped phones in toilets. I reckon <laughs> I, I got up to about number six at Channel 9 before I just Ooh. thought, I'm actually too embarrassed to go back into IT and get a replacement, so I did just started buying my own. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I can't show my face anymore. So, yeah, no, my record is not great. I drop things. Yep. I forget things. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's funny. In my professional life, like when, I'm, you know, when it comes to my job, I am the most astute, professional, well-prepared, yes. don't-skip-a-beat person. Any other area of my life, <laughs> I'm just a red-hot mess. <laughs> Righto. Yeah. La- last question for you. What about the streaming services? Are you a, are you a big Netflix girl? Do you Stan, know what? what do you I know. watch? No, I watch news and yep. I watch sport, and that is honestly really? it. I've only okay. watched one series in my life, and I, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Georgie Gardner recommended it to me. Um, um, Netflix? Some, yes, I think it was. Oh, no, maybe Amazon. Yeah. And okay. it was um, something fly or something. Fleabag. Oh, no. Fleabag. Fleabag. Yes. yes. Love that show. Bloody brilliant. It was, it was very just funny. brilliant. Fantastic. Well, we know how busy you are, and we really appreciate you giving up some of your time to talk to us. It's been great talking to you on the podcast.
Love your work, Steve. Thank you so much and look forward to listening to your other guests. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and much more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We're going big with our first review of the show today. It's the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2. It's quite a mouthful, and it is quite a phone. Uh, I've also done a video. Check it out on YouTube. You can also view it on our story on Tech Guide. Um, I am ramping up my video production, so I'd love you to support that. Uh, They are embedded on our story on Tech Guide. But this is a device, the Galaxy Z Fold 2, as its name suggests. It's the second folding smartphone uh, from Samsung. In this, it did have a... uh, Last year's model, I think what they did is they saw, they went to school on that first model. They saw what customers didn't like, what reviewers didn't like. Apparently reviewers, I think Gary McGregor, the uh, Samsung Australia head of mobile and IT, mentioned it on a review on this show that they did take into account a lot of the things that reviewers said, me included, I hope, uh, and that they've poured all that information and those improvements into the brand new model. And I've got to say, it is a vastly improved model. Now, who uses this? This is a quite a device. It's also expensive. It's $3,000, this phone. So the right user will really appreciate this product. It's for those people who want to be highly productive on the move, person who likes creating and consuming content. And if you happen to be all of those things, then you know what? You're a very, very likely candidate for the Galaxy Z Fold 2. If you are that person, you'll be looking at this. You won't see that price tag as expensive. You'll see it as an investment. Investment in doing your work, in creating your content, and enjoying your content. If you're not that user, you're going to look at that price tag and go, nah, that's just an expensive phone, and it's obviously not for you. But in terms of the design, it it is slightly thinner than the original, slightly smaller as well. Uh, So it's basically two thin smartphones on top of each other that open up. So there's a front 6.2-inch display and then opens up to a 7.6-inch display, a tablet-sized screen on the inside. Uh, it's 16.8 millimeters thick at the hinge, so that's its thickest point. And when uh, when it's uh, that's when it's folded, but when it's open, it's just 6.9 millimeters, which is very thin. And it's it's pretty light too, 282 grams. Uh, what I like about it, the that front screen is a lot bigger and much more usable. Last year's model had a 4.6 inch display, which was just nearly, I reckon, 90% unusable. It's good to see if you've got a phone call coming in. That's about it. Uh, but you're trying to type a message on that screen, it was ridiculous. So there's a photo of the, there's a, a clip of that on my video that just shows you how small that screen was. But now the screen nearly takes up the entire front face of the phone, 6.2 inches. Uh, and, and I found that I was probably 50-50, 50% using the front screen, 
50% opening up using the larger screen inside. With the first model, I think I was 20-80. 20% using the front screen, barely. And then the other, other 80% of the time, I had to open up the device to use that larger display. Speaking of the larger display, it is uh, actually covered with a thin layer of flexible glass. It's, it gives it a nice glossy finish. Uh, so it looks, looks more like a real smartphone display rather than that sort of not quite glossy uh, of the last model, last year's model. Also gone, thank God, is the notch. Last year, that massive screen, and they still couldn't have, they still couldn't avoid a notch. I, I found that uh, a bit strange. But instead, they've got no notch. They've got a hole punch now for the camera. There's also a hole punch on the front, by the way, for the, the 10 megapixel camera. And there's also an inside camera for when you open it up. And then there's also a rear camera. There's a triple camera system on the back, triple 12 megapixel camera system. Yeah, about the same quality as the S20, the camera system, uh, but not too bad. And that inside screen, again, fantastic. You can't see the fold very easily unless you shine it in the right light. If you're watching content, look at all my photos of it on Tech Guide. You can hardly see the fold. It is barely visible. Yes, you can catch it. You can probably feel it as well if you're rubbing the screen. But it's not a deal breaker. It's not that obvious. It is still a brilliant viewing experience. A real shame we're not traveling right now because this would be ideal for a long trip, a long plane trip where you don't have to pack a second device. You've got, in one, a tablet and your phone all in the one device, which is uh, is great. And that would be something I would use in a heartbeat. Now, performance-wise, the Z Fold 2, as you'd expect, has got plenty of power under the hood. It's also 5G compatible, too. It's a 5G device and uh, can handle multitasking without breaking a sweat. It also has DeX mode, so connected to a monitor and keyboard and mouse. You've got a powerful desktop computing experience. It's powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon 865 Plus 7 nanometer processor. 12 gig of RAM. There's a lot of guts in this thing. 5 12 gigabyte memory, but... No memory card slot, so you can't expand the memory. Big draw card, though, with that big screen is multitasking. And you can actually have up to three apps running on the main screen. So you can have Facebook and Twitter and a calculator and a browser, three at a time. Uh, and it's very easy to drag the icon across and create another another window. So you can have your mail open with your messages, whatever you want to do, all there. And if you're working on a document, too, you can also drag and drop from any of those apps as well. Now, here's a cool new feature of the phone, and it's thanks to the improved hinge. The hinge does all the work on this phone, and there's even a sweeper mechanism that's like, it, it makes sure that no debris gets in, and if it does, it sweeps it out again, so it really keeps that hinge debris-free. But one new feature of that hinge is its ability to stay open at any angle. And this is very handy, because you can rest it open on your desk like a laptop. Uh, there, there are even apps that have been optimized to take advantage of flex mode, the first one being the camera. So if you've got the camera open in flex mode, you can ape the, uh, open it up, aim the camera at yourself. If you've got it unfolded, when you fold it again, the image will go to the top half of the screen. So what you're framing up will be in the top half of the screen. Bottom half will be the control. So if you want to rest it on, on the desktop to get take a selfie, it is brilliant. And, and all you need to do, by the way, to take a selfie with a Samsung phone, and on this phone in particular, is to raise an open hand and then that will trigger the selfie. So there's no need to reach out for the device. You can just set it up and do it. There's a tip that you might not have heard about. The other app that, that works well with it too is YouTube. So you can sit YouTube up and watch it either on the front screen. So if you've got YouTube running, 
You can have it take up the whole front screen. You see a picture on Tech Guide of me watching the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer, which is brilliant, by the way. Uh, or you can have it open like a laptop and have that uh, same effect there uh, as well. So flex mode, big tick there. Now, camera-wise, uh, this is uh, the camera system is fantastic. It takes for great photos with it. But the only feature I want to highlight here is the ability to turn on the front screen so your subject can see themselves before they get their photo taken. Really handy for the camera. Really handy if you're taking photos of kids. They'll look at themselves in on the screen there, and that allows you. So you've got the phone open. Uh, you're looking through the main camera, and because the front screen is visible in that position as well, you can turn that on so your subject can see themselves. So they can get their pose on, or uh, for a child, they can have a bit of a laugh, a bit of a giggle, look at it themselves. It, it just makes makes for easier photos. Now, on the battery side, the Fold 2 has a 4,500 milliamp hour battery, and this was enough, easily enough, to get us through an entire day and into the next. And we use this for two straight weeks as our daily driver. Uh, it were, it performed admirably. No battery issues. No, oh my God, I'm running out of battery. None of those moments. But um, it didn't. It it didn't have a cover. That's one thing I was worried about. It didn't have a cover, and I'm thinking oh, I've got to be really careful with this. I don't want to drop it. You can buy covers, I think, for the back section of the phone. But I was just terrified I was going to drop it. They never, Samsung never gave me a cover, but thank God I went through the two weeks and didn't drop it. I'm not normally like that. I'm, I'm very, very uh, safe with my phones. Touch wood. I hope it doesn't happen now. But uh, I'm, I'm usually pretty pretty safe with my phones. Now, let's talk about the price. We already mentioned 2999 bucks, which isn't cheap, okay? But upside is it's the same price as last year's model. So just think you're getting a much better phone for the same price because it is a huge improvement on the initial fold which was released last year now as i said this isn't for everyone if you're a committed high-end smartphone user then you'd like to rock this phone the z fold 2 is your type of phone it's an investment for you but if you're not that sort of person if you're not the right customer then it's just expensive Uh, you're not going to see the value in it uh, I've said in my review that I think that this is a bold new device. It's it's for the right user, it's a game changer. It really can enable a lot of abilities, opens up a lot of possibilities and abilities that are just not possible with a regular smartphone. If you want to read our entire review of the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Okay, remember earlier I was talking about the iPad 8th generation. Well, I'm going to talk about it right now. This is the new entry-level iPad. Now, this is you got to remember, this is more than 10 years old, this product now. It was introduced in January 2010. So this is the 8th iteration of that entry-level iPad. And the for someone who is looking at this, and I, I wrote this because I, I spoke to a friend of mine, a good mate of mine, who she said she's looking for a new iPad. Hers is about four or five years old. And I wrote my review with her in mind. I thought, well, to all us techies that, that, that know this is just an incremental update from last year's model, it looks the same, same design, uh, has a better chip in it, so it's slightly faster. For us, we're thinking, eh, so what? But for the for my friend, who who hasn't shopped for an iPad for six years, this new iPad is a revelation because it's got a Retina display. Her iPad never had a Retina display. 
it's much faster. Like her iPad's five, six years old. It's going to be, she won't know herself with how fast this is compared to it. This is even 40% faster than last year's iPad, the seventh generation. So imagine how she's going to feel when she gets this in her hands after using a six-year-old iPad. Big tick there for her again. The other new feature too is the three-pin connector uh, on the side, which allows you to use a Apple's smart keyboard. And because it's got the smart pin connector, it draws the power to to enable the keyboard. Whereas my friend had had or had used a Bluetooth keyboard that always needed to be charged, and she keeps kept forgetting to charge it. So again, another game-changing feature for her. Now the the, the third party. The third-party keyboard she has, she now doesn't need anymore because if she's bought this new iPad that's with a smart keyboard. So again, another big, another big uh, increase, another big advancement there for her iPad use. Um, the other thing too, again, forty percent faster than last year's model, faster graphics performance as well. Like she said, well, what's that going to do for me? Like I'm going to, what, what's the, what's so good about that? I said, well, if you're playing. Um, if you're playing, like if you want to edit video, for example, or uh, if you do a lot of photo editing, it can happen like a lot faster now with this. It's a much more capable device, so you can easily edit your videos and things like that. And then I explained too that this has, it's the first entry-level iPad. The first time the iPad has the neural engine on board, thanks to the A12 Bionic chip. And she said, how the hell is that going to help me? What does that mean? And I explained to her that the neural engine is like machine learning. So what it does, it powers different things like augmented reality apps and enhanced photo editing. So with the augmented reality, she said, well, how can I use that? I said, well, what you do, augmented reality, a very popular app is I think the IKEA app, which allows you to position the virtual piece of furniture in your house. So you hold up the iPad, position where you want this chair to go, for example, and you can then see it in situ in, in what it would look like in your room. And she was amazed. She said, wow, I could do that. That's incredible. Her old iPad couldn't do that. So I kind of wrote this review through her eyes. She also plays games on her iPad. She loves those block puzzles, Sudoku and stuff like that. I said, look, with this iPad, playing those sort of games with an iPad that's this powerful, it's like driving your Ferrari in a school zone all day. You want to you get out and play some bigger games that are going to give give the iPad a bit more of a go and so showcase the power of the iPad. And I suggested a few action games, uh, The Room, a favourite room. That's the puzzle game. There's about four or five different versions of that now. Uh, that other game called Monument, which just looks beautiful. It's a puzzle game as well. Or Call of Duty. If she wants to get into Call of Duty, I said, look, this can handle it if you want to. Uh, this also, the iPad also comes with Apple Pencil compatibility. Last year's did as well, but for my friend, Coming from a six-year-old iPad, she's thinking, what, what, do you, what do you mean? I can write on the screen now? I said, yep, you can do that. That is now part of the iPad 8th generation. And you know what she said, Steve? I'm buying it. And she did. And speaking of buying it, the price starts at $499. That's for the 32 gig Wi-Fi only. That's actually cheaper than last year's model, which was $529. So not only is it better, it's cheaper and faster. Then you move up to $649 for the 128 gig Wi-Fi uh, model. Then if you want to go Wi-Fi plus cellular, it's 699 for the 32 gig Wi-Fi cellular or 899 for the 128 gig Wi-Fi plus cellular. But overall, the iPad might not seem like a big improvement to some, but it's a massive improvement for other customers maybe buying their first iPad or upgrading their iPad after a number of years. If you want to read our hands-on review of the eight iPad 8th Gen, 
Check it out at techguide.com.au. We have a new GoPro, the GoPro Hero 9 Black. I'm a fan of GoPro. I really like the GoPros. Uh, this, though, um, I was thinking, I've had this for a couple of weeks. I couldn't write about it till last week, and I was thinking before I got it, before the event, before the when they sent me the, when, when I got the new GoPro, I'm thinking, what the hell can they improve on this thing? The GoPro Hero Black was awesome. What, what the hell can you improve? And boy, was I surprised. There is a lot you can improve, apparently, uh, including 5K video at 30 frames per second, 20 megapixel still images, HyperSmooth 3.0, uh, just to name a few, and a new front-facing display. So that's the biggest new feature, the front-facing 1.4-inch display, so you can now frame yourself and your background a lot easier. Uh, granted, uh, Osmo, DJI's Osmo action camera, which really tried to challenge GoPro but kind of failed, that had a, a front-facing camera, and now the GoPro Hero 9 has a front-facing um, screen for you to to frame yourself. Not a front-facing camera, front-facing screen. Of course, it's a front-facing camera. But, uh, yeah, that, that new screen is a big difference if you uh, want to frame yourself. So I'm sure there's people who have framed up their GoPro thinking they're getting in what they want to get in, and, and then they look back at the footage and think, oh, God, I didn't frame it right. Well, now with this screen, you can frame it up just right. There's even a bigger rear display as well. That's 2.27 inches now. So, yeah, that's a bigger device. If you have any uh, – if you've got a, the medium mods so you have if you have the mic or the light i think the light will still work but there's a media mod where it wraps around the uh, the gopro and provides a microphone um that is now won't fit on the hero 9 that'll only still fit with your hero uh, 8 black there'll be new media mods for this one of course but if you've got a hero 8 then you're probably stuck with those media mods the hero 9 black if you buy that you'll have to buy new media mods uh, but the the hyper smooth that is a huge new feature, and I thought last year's smoothing was good. Well, this it doesn't hold a candle to hyper smooth 3.0. Really levels things out. It's also got a new horizon leveling feature, as a matter of fact. So, if, if you're doing barrel rolls in a plane or on a surfboard or wherever, the horizon will stay the same. It'll it'll level it up for you. So that, that that'll uh, not only take the shakes out of it, but also in camera horizon leveling. The other new feature too is Time Warp 3.0 and that allows you to set these really cool time warps. I, I did a little video. What we did uh, at the launch, they gave us a remote control truck, a four-wheel drive. They call, I think it's called the Rock Crawler and we had mounts for our GoPros on it and I was racing around with other, a couple of other trucks crashing into them. But you'll see how smooth it is. It's remarkably smooth. And imagine if you're just tearing down a mountain on a mountain bike or on a, on a big wave or uh, doing other all these other action and action adventures outdoors, then imagine how cool the footage is going to be. The GoPro Hero 9. Now, here's, the, here's another thing. Uh, it, they're no longer going to sell it in the plastic case. It's going to come in, uh, in a, like a kit, a kit bag, like a travel kit. Um, and it's priced at $699.95. But if you subscribe to GoPro Plus, the camera's only five fifty nine ninety five. You're gonna save hundred and forty bucks by a one year subscription, which is less than hundred and forty bucks, uh, by going to get your GoPro subscription. So you get the subscription, which is seventy dollars annually. So that means you'll be able to buy the camera 
for five fifty nine ninety five. So just join up to GoPro subscription, get the cheaper camera. You're still saving a lot of money. It's not like the GoPro subscription is one hundred and forty bucks. It's only seventy or seven dollars forty nine a month. So it's a no brainer. Get the subscription, get the cheaper camera, and go for your life. The GoPro Hero Nine can shoot five K forty thirty frames a second. Uh, 5K at 30 frames a second, 4K 60 frames a second, and, and all the way down to full HD. Has that new front-facing display, 2.27-inch rear touch display. 30% more battery life too. That's going to be that's a big plus because it's actually a bigger device. Time Warp 3.0 featuring real speed and half speed, hyper smooth 3.0, amazing uh, leveling technology there. Still has voice control, the built-in folding mounting fingers. It'll fit all your other mounts as well. Rugged and waterproof to a depth of 10 meters. Also, the GoPro Hero 9, and it is 699.95. But look, you're you're crazy if you don't just go to GoPro Plus, sign up for that one-year subscription, and get it for a discounted price of 500. At five hundred and fifty nine ninety five. You want to read more about the GoPro Hero Nine Black? Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, gaming, video calling, and more? What about if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of your house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin. They've just released a series of GAN chargers. That's gallium nitrate chargers, which are much smaller, but also much faster to charge your mobile devices and your computers. Check the story out at techguide.com.au. But check out Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. Got a great lot of lot of cables, chargers, batteries, you name it. They've got a product for you. Uh, in the help desk today, we're talking about 5G as your home broadband connection. We did talk last week about 5G from Optus with some new plans. I had an interesting question asking about whether 5G would be better than the NBN. And obviously, the answer to that question is depends on where you live. So if you live in range of the Optus 5G towers, and you can check that easily by going to the Optus website, optus.com.au, type in your name, not your name, your address, it'll say, yep, you are a candidate for 5G. There's like more than 420 households that are in reach of 5G. Then the speeds you can get on the uncapped plan, which will be $90 a month, $95 a month, I think, uh, can be... Typical evening speeds, for example, are about 214 megabits per second. That's twice the NBN. So imagine what you get at other times of the day. I've heard of 400 megabits per second plus and then some. So answer that is if you're in range, it's going to leave the NBN for dead. The other question we had was about sound bars. And there's a bit of a myth, I think. There, there, there was a, a reader contacting me saying that the person in store claimed that the sound bar can cut down uh, ambient noise and make you hear the what you're watching a lot better 
Uh, and I said, well, not really. A soundbar can can give you better quality sound, better clarity. It's not going to make it louder. It's not going to cut down ambient noise like noise-cancelling headphones. So you need noise-cancelling headphones to do that. So be careful out there what they're telling you in stores. Feel free to contact us. I'll give you the right advice. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to help you make the right choice. So if there is a question you've got, feel free to hit me up at info at techguide.com.au or hit the Ask Stephen button on the Tech Guide homepage for us to give you all the information you need. And that's it from us for this week. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. Get in touch with us either on email, info at techguide.com.au or click on that Ask Stephen icon. Biggest thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you very much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.